For those of you who missed this morning, we had a wonderful time with Pastor Connors, Pastor Mitch Connors, pastors in Troy, New York, and we have the privilege of having him back here again with us tonight. Sit back, relax, open your hearts and your minds as God speaks to us tonight. Praise God. Don't relax too much. I don't want you to fall asleep on me, but it is good to be here. Amen. Proverbs, if you have a Bible, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 23. Amen. Again, I really do count it such a privilege to be able to come tonight, to be able to preach. Uh, your pastor is someone I look up to, someone, uh, a great preacher. So to be invited to his church to try and preach, stand behind his pulpit, it is a great honor. I was, my wife and I, we were uh, going through a time where we were reading a bunch of different books on money management, budgets. We were trying to get finances in order, just trying to get a handle on on money. And there was a number of books we read, but there was one book that we, we read that was different than any other money book that we had read. And we had read many good books on budgeting, management. But this one book we begin to read, and it begins to bring out the statement, it begins to bring out the idea... That a budget is not enough. What changes or what drives change is your attitude towards money or your view. You can have the management, you can have the right budget, but if your view, if your attitude is not correct, it won't change much. How you think about money will change your future. Pastor Greg Mitch, I believe it was a January conference, Pizza's Sermon on Poverty, the Poverty Spirit, said it's a mentality. It's not a matter of how much money you have, right? Like Scrooge in the Christmas Carol. It's your thinking about it or your way of thinking about it and about God. And I was thinking about this. And how many know this applies to every area of life, right? Your You want to go on a diet, you want to lose weight, and you can do that, but how many know many times it never lasts, right? You go on a diet, you hit your goal, I've lost 10 pounds, but you gain it back again. Why? Because you haven't changed your mind or your attitude about money, I'm sorry, about food and about health. Right? It has to be, you know, you, you set a goal, I want to lose five pounds, but you still think the same way about food, and you still think the same way about health, so you'll just gain that back. I want to look at a scripture tonight, part of a scripture, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Or one translation says, for as a man thinks within himself... So he is. As a man thinks, I want to look firstly, it's not my fault, it's my genes. (laughs) There's a mindset today that is promoted, that permeates our culture, and it's that our genes or our environment or our upbringing determines who we are or determines our lives. Right? You hear... Uh, news reports, studies, the latest discovery, they've discovered the gene that, you know, the, the, the gene that determines, right, if you're, 
gay or if you're straight, right? You know, they've discovered the gene that determines if you're going to gamble or if you're going to be a liar. There's a gene for that if you're going to be an alcoholic. And so everything they begin to say, this is your genes. If you're an alcoholic, if you're depressed, if you have a learning disability, that is because you have the gene for alcoholism. Or you have the gene for depression, or you have a a gene for whatever it is, and so everything today is a disease or a uh, uh, it's something that we don't have responsibility for. Addiction is a disease, gambling is a disease, and so their only fix is a chemical or a pill. And this is how we're going to change is just take this. And this this mindset is reinforced all the time, right? Alcoholics Anonymous, what's they're saying? Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, right? People, they say, well, she just has good genes. That's why she's that way. Or he was born that way. That's why he's nice to people. And their perspective, this idea, says that the brain creates... What you are doing and what you are thinking, the mind is what the brain does. That basically the chemicals and the neurons in your brain are the basis for your thoughts and why you do what you do. So if you're depressed, it's because of a chemical imbalance. But I want you to understand this has real implications in life. And this is the way many people look at life. And so because they think this, because they think this is the way I am, I was born this way. What it does is it removes agency. Or now people think that they are victims of their genetic code. I can't change. I was born with this. Right? I, I'm an alcoholic. It's in my genes. It's who I am. I have a chemical imbalance. I have a learning disability. I have no control over it. I may have mentioned this before here. I had a man in my church, very, very interesting, told me he has IED. Uh, uh, and I had no idea what this is. It's intermittent explosive disorder. You know, it, it's, you know, I have no control over my anger. I just go black and I destroy things. It's like, I have no control. It's a disease. They have me on a drug. I can't control it. I'm angry. It's everything. I have no control over this. And so we remove responsibility because if it's my genes or it's a disease or it's something, it's a result of my environment, then I can't control it. I have no control over it. But I want to tell you tonight, this mindset is a complete lie from hell. It's a total lie. Our scripture tonight says, as he thinks in his heart, so he is. I want you to think about that as we look at this. Our scripture is saying it's not our DNA or our brain that determines who we are. It's our thoughts, the way we think, that determines our shapes, our brains. One neuroscientist puts it this way. It says, our brains do the bidding of our minds. She says that our genes 
may give you a predisposition to certain things, but it's your choices and your thoughts that unzip that DNA. God has designed us in an incredible way. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. He has made us in His image. Besides God, the human will or or uh, uh, our choices... The human mind is the most powerful thing in the universe. It's created in his likeness. I was, you know, I was thinking about this. There's a a book that came out a while ago. You've probably heard of it, Switch on Your Brain by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Uh, It's been recommended. And she makes a statement in there. And she says, you are free to make choices about how you focus your attention And this affects how the chemicals and proteins and wiring of your brain change and function. Scientists are proving that the relationship between what you think and how you understand yourself, your beliefs, your dreams, your hopes, and thoughts have a huge impact on how your brain works. Research shows that 75 to 85% of mental, physical, and behavioral illness comes from one's thought life. This staggering and eye-opening statistic means that only 2 to 25% of mental, physical, and emotional illness comes from the environment and genes. Basically, she says, science is saying today, it's not your genes, it's your mindset. It's how you view life. It's how you think about who you are, who God is, and your future. So I want to think about this. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. As a man thinks, so he is. We determine very much who we are and who will we become in a very real way through our thoughts. We are not victims of our biology or our circumstances. There are many circumstances that are beyond our control. There are many things that we have no control over. There are limitations that we cannot help, that environments that we're put in that we can't control. But what we can control are our thoughts and our attitudes. Pastor Mitchell, he says, it's not what happens to you in life, it's how you process it. A man I work with, everything is someone else's fault. Everything in life. The reason he hasn't made lots of money is because his parents were drug addicts and they didn't teach me how to do it. The reason I'm not doing good at work is because I didn't have a good foundation like you did. You know, the reason that everything in life is somebody else's fault, he say he has no control. It's something else. But that's not true. You can choose your focus and your thoughts and your attitudes. If you focus on the negative in life, unhealthy thoughts create pathways in the brain and that becomes your default way of thinking. Right? Research shows that DNA actually changes shape according to our thoughts. As you think negative thoughts about your future, the week ahead, what a person might do or say, Even in the absence of concrete stimulus, that toxic thinking will change your brain wiring in the negative direction and throw your mind and body into stress. says the way you think, you begin to think negative, toxic thoughts actually wear down the brain. 
Right? In your marriage, you begin to think about your marriage and all you focus on is the negative. Right? I'm going to get home and, and my wife is going to be nagging me. You know, I'm going to uh, see my husband and he's going to be doing nothing good again. You know, everything's just negative. That begins to wear down your brain and it's going to lead a certain place. In one study, it showed that thinking and feeling anger, fear and frustration cause DNA to change shape according to thoughts and feeling. DNA responded by tightening up and becoming shorter, switching off many DNA codes, which reduce quality of expression. In other words, what we choose to focus on and think about is shaping who we are. I don't know, did you guys do a, 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 a Sunday school on conflict resolution? You did that one? Much of that was, he talked about, you're choosing what to focus on, right? That many times we focus, human nature is we focus on the negative, right? What they've done to me, how I feel, what is going on, what the circumstances, and he began to talk about how that changes life or our perspective. We can choose to focus on God or on ourselves, or the other person. The same is true in every area of life. Many times, human nature, we tend towards negative thoughts. Pessimism, stress, fear, bitterness, anger, these different things, and it changes who we are. Very, very literally, they say, it determines who we're going to become. We have a free will tonight to choose what we will think about. The hope we have is that as we begin to change, as God begins to change us, that that negative or the, the, what we have done, the shutdown, the poor quality of DNA is reversed, they say, by feelings of joy, love, appreciation, and gratitude. There's a saying, people do what they want to do. Even when it goes against logic, even when it hurts them, it hurts people around them, even when they hate themselves when they're choosing to do it, but they do what they want to do. They've made choices over the years. They've reinforced those choices again and again, those pathways in the brains, and it's what they want to do more than anything else. They become what they're thinking about or their thoughts. We are responsible for who we are and what we think. The thoughts you think and what you believe have a powerful effect. One doctor, Dr. Gale, a leading researcher at the University of Miami, uh, Miami found the most significant factor that made a difference in healing those with HIV was their choice to believe in a benevolent and loving God, especially if they also chose to have a personal relationship with Him. Her study ran for over four years, and she summarized her findings. If you believe God loves you, it is an enormous protective factor even more protective than scoring low for depression or high for optimism. A view of a benevolent God is protective, but scoring high on a personalized statement, God loves me, is even stronger. 
you know, as I was studying this and researching this sermon, I, you know, some of this seems so far-fetched to me. I'm like, how can that even be possible? How can, here's a professor who says, you know, we're studying people who are recovering from HIV, and the people who do the best are those who their thinking is, God loves me. That there's something about that, the way they're thinking, they're not thinking, you know what, this could be the end, right? They're not thinking, oh, this is a result of, of, of you know, God's judging me or God hates me. They're thinking, God loves me, and somehow, because of the way they're thinking, that is changing their body to be able to fight this disease. Beyond that, a person, the main factor in a person's happiness and well-being is not their circumstances, who they're married to, how much money they have, what race they are, or any other trait. It is based on the way they think about themselves, who they are, who God is, and their purpose in life. It is a person's thought life that determines their destiny. One person said, we are co-creators of our destiny alongside God. God leads, but we have to choose to let God lead. We have been designed to create thoughts, and from these we live our lives. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. We know Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. A great faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Whatever you believe in and hope for becomes substance on a physical level and you act upon this. This process can move in any direction, negative or positive. You choose, are you going to believe and hope in the word of God? Or are you going to believe fear, insecurity, doubt, all right? Are you going to believe lust, fear, uh, 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 frustrations, anger? Or will you choose to believe the word of God, what he says is true, that he has plans for me, that he's my father, that he's going to bless me, right? That he has a destiny for me, that I'm loved and I'm cared for. Let's look as we begin to close at changing your mind. The, the Word of God is very clear on this. and says it over and over and over again that we can change, that we're not set. The world likes to say this is who you are. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. You have this gene. You have this, this chemical imbalance. You have something. You, you, it's who you are. The Bible says the hope of Christianity, you can change. You don't have to be what you are, right? You used to be, but now you've been set free, saved. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. The Bible says we can renew our minds, right? As a man thinks, so he is. You say, well, I'm a mess. I'm a disaster. I'm a failure. I can't do anything right. Well, I want to tell you there's hope. Your mind can be renewed. God can help you tonight and it will change your life, your destiny. 
Our mind is not a fixed object that can't be changed. God says it can be renewed. Science is catching up with the Bible. There's a whole field of science called neuroplasticity. And they say basically that the mind is plastic, right? It can change, it can form. They used to say uh, uh, the mind was set. But today they're saying, you know, it can change, it can heal. Toxic thinking patterns can be removed and rewired. A neurosurgeon, Mark Lewis, uh, he wrote a book, Biology of Desire, Why Addiction is Not a Disease. He says, saying addiction is a disease suggests that the brain can no longer change, that it's at an end state, but no, it's not an end state, that it can change. Toxic thoughts, the way you think, can be removed and healthy thinking can replace it. So, the Bible tells us and the Bible gives us solutions to renewing our mind. It shows us how we can do this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Again, it's amazing how much it has to do with your mind, how much the Bible begins to talk about what you think about, what you meditate on. Number one, changing your mind, number one is repentance, right? It's a great, great word. This means to change your thinking about sin, about the way you're living, about yourself, about God, and to change your actions, right? Repentance is, I realize I am not thinking correctly. I realize I'm not acting correctly. God, I realize this is not your will for my life. I'm doing it wrong. I need to repent. That means I need to change my thinking and my actions, right? Repentance is, you know what, God, I've been letting fear control my life. God, I've been letting lust control my actions. There are people who you feel like, I just can't control this. I don't want to look at pornography, but I can't control it. There's people, you know, I don't want to gamble, but I, it's just, I, I have to do it. Repentance is saying, this is wrong. I need to change my thinking and my actions. Repentance is the act of bringing it before God, being honest with Him, saying, this is wrong, and with your help, I'm going to change. That's repentance. I'm going to change. Secondly, it is meditating on the Word of God. I'm going to tell you, how do you change your thinking you have to have a biblical worldview. This has to be inside of you. You have to begin to think differently. How do you think differently? By putting this in front of your eyes. James chapter 1 verse 24, uh, verse 21. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. I cannot emphasize this enough. In my church, I say it all the time. You must read the Bible. 
Not just read it, you have to get it into your life. We have a problem today. We don't read. And, and you know, we, we live in a culture that's media-driven. It's, you know, if it's not 30-second video, we don't, we don't take it in. If you're going to change the way that you think, you're going to have to get this inside of you. Not just, oh, I read, I read five scriptures today. I'm good. I read my Bible. No, you're going to have to get it inside of you. What does it say? How does this apply to my life? How do I live my life according to the word of God? How do, what does this do to the way I'm living, right? It has to be inside of you. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's what you think about. It needs to be when you face a decision. What does the Bible say about this? What does God say about this? It needs to be, you know, uh, choices you make daily. The words you speak. How you treat people. It's called a biblical worldview. What you take in matters. It's what you think about. Right? Think about advertising. Why do they pay millions of dollars for 30 seconds. If they can just get an audience and get it in front of you, they understand if it's something you're looking at, you'll think about it. What you look at matters. There there are people here, you play video games all day long. There are people, especially young people, it's, it's, it's the thing to do. Video games, Netflix, watching things. And you take this stuff in, what are you thinking about all day long? Right? You're thinking about the game, the violence, how to do this, the the movie you just watched, and the message that is coming through. And it's no wonder why your thinking is twisted. What you look at, what you take in, matters. Matthew chapter 6 verse 22 The lamp of the eye uh, the lamp of the body is the eye therefore if your eye is good the whole body will be full of life what you look at is what you think about as a man thinks so he is as we close the question is what do you believe about your life about your future about God, about who you can be in God, about who you are in your church, about your marriage, about your church, about people you serve God with. What do you think about that? Does it line up with what the Bible says? Because if not, right, your thinking is going to shape the way you live and who you are, and you will not end up in the right place. And this is what we're talking about. You know, there, there's people that, you know, their lives are a mess and they want the answer and, you know, give me a drug for it. Give me some quick program. And listen, you need to be renewed in your mind. You need to change your thinking and your life will be changed. God wants to help you tonight. Let's bow our heads. I want to close tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. First thing there are some here tonight. You need a radical change in your life. 
You've come in and maybe you don't even understand anything I've said really. But you know, I need help. I need a savior. I need God. The good news of the gospel is you can be changed tonight. You can be set free. You can be made new. You can be born again. You don't have to stay the way you are. You don't have to stay an alcoholic. You don't have to stay a womanizer. You don't have to stay what you are right now. There's a God in heaven who created you, who loves you, who cares about you more than you'll ever know. And he's made a way for you to be forgiven of your sins and to be changed. And that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus died on a cross, took our place, paid for our sin so that we could be set free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. That's you tonight. You've come and you would say, I need change. I need a new life. I need to be forgiven. And tonight you'd be willing to make a decision to say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. The way I've been living is wrong. I ask you to forgive me and I give you my life. I surrender to you tonight. If you'll do that, if you'll make that decision, the Bible says you can be born again. He wants to come in powerfully and change your life. I'm not talking about religion, right? Religion's just another bondage. Just another way people try and make life go well. I'm talking about a Savior, the God of the universe who wants to come into your life, meet you here to change your life and give you a new future and a new hope. That's you tonight. You say, that's me. I need a Savior. I want you to lift up your hand. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Lift your hand up in the presence of God tonight. Say, I need a Savior tonight. Unsaved or backslidden, you need to get your heart right. You'd say, God, I need to come back tonight. Lift your hand up. We want to pray with you. Make a decision. Jesus, I need a Savior. All right, church, the question is, As a man thinks, so he is. What is it, what is your thought life making you? I want to tell you, God wants to set you free. Some people you're tormented. Some people you think you can't change. Some people it's, this is what my parents said I'd always be. I want to tell you, you can be set free tonight. You come to this altar, you bring it before God and you say, God, I repent of thinking this way. I repent of not believing you. I'm going to trust you that you have plans and blessing for my life, that you can use me, that you want to help me. We're going to stand and we're going to sing above all powers. You come, if you need to pray, you lay a hold of God at this altar tonight.